Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. From the wilderness of Kodiak Island, Alaska, this is Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier with your host, Robin Bearfield. In a land full of peril and vicious animals, humans are the most dangerous predators of all. When you picture Alaska, what do you see? Do you imagine rugged mountains, waves crashing into sheer cliffs, roaring rivers, steep glaciers, deep canyons, and rolling tundra? Alaska is all of this and more, and it's a thrill to fly over this stunning scenery on a clear summer day. Take this geography, shrouded in fog, and add some wind, though, and a beautiful plane ride turns into a harrowing adventure. Welcome to Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier. I'm your host, Robin Bearfield, and I'm broadcasting from the heart of the Kodiak National Wildlife Refuge on Kodiak Island in Alaska. Plane crashes are far too common in Alaska, and many of these accidents are due, at least in part, to poor weather conditions. If commercial pilots refused to fly in marginal weather, though, they would not make money because the weather is often bad in Alaska. For those of us who live or work in remote areas, we must fly in small planes, and we can't always pick our weather. Mysteries abound in Alaska about airplanes that took off and were never seen again. The following is a story of one of the most famous airplane disappearances in the history of the state. On October 16, 1972, a Cessna 310 with the tail number N1812H, operated by Pan Alaska Airways, disappeared somewhere between Anchorage and Juneau. 38 year old Don Johns, the owner of Pan Alaska, piloted the plane. Johns was a military veteran with more than 17,000 hours of flight time and he had logged 15 years as a pilot in Alaska. The passengers on the doomed plane were Alaska's sole congressman, Nick Begich, 40, his aide Russell Brown, 37, and Louisiana Congressman Hale Boggs, 58, the majority leader for the U.S. House of Representatives. The three men planned to attend an election rally for Begich in Juneau. The plane left Anchorage at 9 a.m., and Johns filed a Visual Flight Rules, or VFR, flight plan, stating that he planned to fly southeast over the Turnigan Arm of Cook Inlet, through Portage Pass, over Prince William Sound to Johnstone Pass, and then on to Yakutat. 
From there, he would fly directly to Juneau. The flight should have taken approximately three and a half hours, and the airplane carried six hours worth of fuel. The weather was marginal throughout the entire area on October 16th. Yakutat had a 700-foot ceiling and visibility of only one and a half miles with fog. Juneau also had fog. In Anchorage, in addition to poor visibility, the forecast called for icy rain and fierce headwinds en route. Portage Pass is a flight route through the mountains on the eastern end of Turnigan Arm. At 8.40 a.m. on October 16, 1972, a helicopter pilot flying through the pass reported severe turbulence on its west side with headwinds of 55 knots, a low overcast, and reduced visibility. Visual flight was not recommended through the pass due to the low ceiling and poor visibility. Don Johns was flying under VFR, but still, he chose to fly through Portage Pass. Shortly before entering the pass, Johns contacted the Anchorage Flight Service Station. It was the last official radio broadcast anyone heard from Cessna N1812H. When the plane failed to arrive in Juneau and was declared missing, the United States launched the largest search and rescue mission on record up until that time. The search lasted 39 days and included 40 military aircraft and 50 civilian planes, covering over 325,000 square miles. Pilots flew 1,000 sorties, totaling 3,600 flight hours. The search area encompassed massive glaciers and the jagged Wrangell-St. Elias Mountains, as well as a large portion of the coastlines of Prince William Sound and the Gulf of Alaska. In addition to the air operation, ground patrols searched Portage Pass twice. No piece of the aircraft was located during the initial search or since and officials at the time decided the plane likely crashed and either sank into Prince William Sound or was buried in ice and snow. Did the plane hit a mountain obscured by fog, or did turbulence play a role in the disaster? Icing on the wings could have affected lift and maneuverability, or any combination of these factors might have caused the plane to crash. An Alaska law passed just months before the plane disappeared required all small commercial aircraft to carry an emergency locator transmitter, or an ELT. Such a device would have sent out a signal if the plane had crashed on land. Officials claim no signal was ever received, and they determined there was no locator device on the downed aircraft. Johns owned a personal ELT, but it was found in another Pan-Alaska Airways airplane. Pan-Alaska employees who were on N1812H shortly before takeoff saw no sign of an ELT, and they also reported seeing no survival equipment in the aircraft. Officials terminated the search for the airplane on November 24th, and declared the four men dead on December 29th. Even though Boggs and Baggage were presumed dead, both men were re-elected to the House of Representatives. 
Boggs' widow, Lindy, went on to replace her husband in Congress and served eight more terms. Alaska held a special election, and the voters chose Republican Don Young, who had initially lost to baggage. Young remained Alaska's congressman until his death in March 2022. Oddly, Congressman Young died of natural causes while riding on an airplane on his way home to Alaska. Once the search for the plane ended and the authorities declared the men dead, most people assumed the Cessna had crashed because the pilot had pushed the boundaries too far. Under pressure, perhaps, from the congressman to get them to the political rally in Juneau on time, Johns chose to fly in marginal weather conditions. Demanding passengers sometimes ask pilots to fly in poor weather. When those passengers are high-ranking politicians, a pilot might find it difficult to refuse them. Don Johns was an experienced aviator, but some pilots considered him a risk-taker who pushed the boundaries when it came to flying in poor weather. Several reports of strange radio calls and other electronic communications baffled investigators in the days following the disappearance of the Cessna 310 carrying Boggs, Baggage, Brown, and Johns. Immediately after the plane went missing, the U.S. Coast Guard station in Long Beach, California, received a call from an anonymous tipster claiming he knew where the plane had crashed. The man said he had access to experimental electronic equipment and it provided detailed directions to the coordinates of the downed airplane. According to documents released nearly 50 years after the crash, the FBI found the source believable. And one agent wrote, the source of the aforementioned information is reliable. Agents who interviewed the man reported that he appeared rational, extremely intelligent, but somewhat strange. It is not clear whether the searchers checked the coordinates the tipster provided. Also, in the hours and days following the plane's disappearance, several independent ham radio operators in Northern California reported hearing a transmission from someone on the downed aircraft, broadcasting that there were survivors on the plane. Searchers were never able to pinpoint the location of the origin of these transmissions. According to the FBI file, the day after the plane vanished, a search plane picked up a signal for 40 minutes some distance from Juneau, emitting from what searchers believed was a crash locator beacon. The searchers heard another weaker signal 150 miles northeast of Anchorage, but search planes could not pinpoint the source of either signal. Today, most investigators believe the plane crashed somewhere between Portage Pass and Johnstone Point, about an hour into the flight. One question remains, though. What caused the plane to crash? Nick Beggage was only a freshman congressman from a sparsely populated state. Hale Boggs, however, was a colorful, outspoken representative from Louisiana, who likely would have become the next Speaker of the House of Representatives. Many people refused to believe that he disappeared accidentally, 
and conspiracy theories swirled around his untimely death. To this day, many think he was the victim of foul play instead of an unfortunate passenger on an ill-fated flight. Hale Boggs, a Democrat, was first elected a U.S. representative from Louisiana in 1946, and the voters re-elected him 13 times. Boggs was the youngest member of the Warren Commission, which investigated the assassination of John F. Kennedy. In a 1966 interview on Face the Nation, Boggs defended the commission's findings and said he believed Lee Harvey Oswald had acted alone when he killed President Kennedy. Despite this assertion, though, a persistent rumor suggested Boggs was not happy with the Warren Commission's findings and was seeking to reopen the Kennedy investigation. Around 11.30 p.m. on July 23, 1970, two years before Boggs disappeared in Alaska, a Lincoln Continental ran his car off the road in Washington, D.C. Boggs chased the car, wrote down the license plate number, and called the police. No record exists to indicate if the police ever investigated the incident, however. Washington's Metropolitan Police Department would have been the agency in charge of the investigation, but they now say they can find no relevant records relating to the case. In April 1971, Boggs claimed the FBI had tapped his telephone. He also said several other U.S. representatives believed their phones had been tapped. Boggs said he knew why the FBI had tapped his phone and how they intended to use the conversations they heard. He refused to say what the conversations entailed, but said once his lawyers finished their investigation, he would release the details to the public. Boggs then called for the immediate resignation of FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover. Attorney General John Mitchell denied Boggs's allegations about the FBI, but Boggs said he was absolutely certain the FBI had placed a tap on his phone. Freelance writer Jonathan Walzak has spent a great deal of time and money investigating the disappearance of Pan-Alaska Airways N1812H. He believes that if someone sabotaged the plane, the likely target was Nick Baggage, not Hale Boggs. Let me take a quick break. Are you interested in mysteries in the world around us? If so, I invite you to listen to the podcast, Mysterious. Listen to the trailer. From the authors of Author Masterminds, Welcome to Mysterious Podcast, where the inexplicable becomes irresistible. Ever wonder why people disappear in Alaska or who buried Sister Mary Janina in a church basement? How about the story of a pig that miraculously calmed an Arabian horse ranch? From tales of Bigfoot in Alaska to the controversial sinking of the Clara Nevada, Mysterious Podcast has you covered. Each episode is hosted by an expert author specializing in topics ranging from unsolved crimes to natural phenomena, making you a part of an inclusive, inquisitive community. Got a question or your own mystery you'd like explored? You could be featured in our special Listener's Mysteries episode. 
Available on all major podcast platforms, Mysterious Podcast is where your curiosity meets its match. Subscribe now and join a community that dares to ask, what if? These stories are true, even if we can't explain them. Do you dare to ask, what if? Look for Mysterious wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link in the show notes. Writer Jonathan Walzak learned that on March 4, 1974, less than 17 months after the disappearance of her husband, Peggy Beggage, the widow of Congressman Nick Beggage, married Jerry Max Paisley, a mafia-connected killer and bomber. The marriage lasted only two years. In 1994, when Paisley was in prison in Arizona for murder, he spoke with investigators from the Anchorage Police Department, the Alaska State Troopers, and the Arizona Department of Public Safety. Paisley provided details about several unsolved murders and made various shocking claims. But the most surprising thing he said was that he transported a bomb to Alaska in 1972. Paisley worked for various mobsters, including Peter Lissavoli Sr. and Joe Bonanno Sr., and he admitted to several bombings and murders. He was in prison in 1994 for gunning down a man in a Tucson hotel. At his trial, Paisley told the jury that he was ashamed he had killed people. Paisley knew he would spend the rest of his life in prison and said he wanted to come clean about several other killings including the murder of his ex-wife's first husband, Nick Baggage. Paisley told investigators that in 1972, a Bonanno lieutenant in Arizona handed him a locked briefcase. The man ordered Paisley to take the briefcase to Anchorage and give it to two other men. Paisley followed the instructions and then flew back to Arizona the following day. He said the men told him something big was about to happen, and soon afterward, the plane carrying baggage and bogs disappeared. Paisley said he then moved to Anchorage and began dating Peggy Baggage, a woman he had met through mutual friends in Arizona. Paisley claimed Peggy gave him lavish gifts, including co-ownership in a bar. His partners in the bar were Peggy and one of the men he had handed the briefcase to in 1972. Paisley said he and this man were fishing one day when the man got drunk and told Paisley that the case he'd carried from Arizona contained a high-tech bomb. According to Paisley, the man said he'd placed the bomb on Pan Alaska N1812H before it left on its final flight with baggage, Boggs, Brown, and Johns on board. Paisley's claims shocked the investigators, who immediately notified the FBI, who in turn sent agents to interview Paisley in 1995. Retired Anchorage Police Sergeant Mike Grimes told Walzak that he was stunned by Paisley's claims. When he returned to Anchorage from his interview with Paisley in the Arizona prison, Grimes said he immediately contacted an FBI agent he knew in Anchorage. When Grimes did not hear back from the agent for several weeks, he again contacted her, 
and she insisted they meet somewhere other than her office. The agent told Grimes that when her boss called FBI headquarters in Washington with the information Grimes had provided her, his superiors told her boss, You will do nothing there. You will send everything you have to us. Other investigators also told Walsack that they were surprised the FBI had not vigorously investigated Paisley's claims of a bomb. Paisley agreed to take a polygraph, but no evidence indicates the FBI ever administered one to him. The FBI immediately shut down the investigation. Max Paisley died in prison in 2010 at the age of 69. Was he telling the truth about the bomb? It is a fact that Paisley married Peggy Begich less than 17 months after her husband disappeared, and Paisley had no upside in claiming he'd carried the bomb to Alaska. By confessing that someone in the Bonanno crime family handed him a bomb to take to Alaska, Paisley likely put himself in danger in prison. Why would he fabricate this story? However, if Paisley was telling the truth, then why did someone put a bomb on the plane, and who would want to murder Nick Baggage? If Paisley knew the answers to these questions, he never told anyone. The disappearance of N1812H remains as much of a mystery today as it was in 1972. The tragic deaths of the four men make us wonder what they would have accomplished with their lives and what the congressman might have done to shape the future of the United States. My original release of this podcast episode has received more comments than any other I have ever done, and some have accused me of latching on to conspiracy theories connected to this tragic crash. I want to make it clear that I am only sharing the controversy swirling around Hale Boggs, Nick Baggage, and their deaths. I try to keep my opinions out of my podcast episodes, but in this case, I will share what I think. Until proven otherwise, I believe Hale Boggs, Nick Baggage, Russell Brown, and Don Johns died in a tragic accident. As a story, this tale has everything you could want, including power, intrigue, spies, danger, pushing the limits of nature, incredible scenery, and a tragic ending. No wonder people still want to hear about the extraordinary lives and horrible deaths of Congressman Hale Boggs and Nick Baggage. Since 1962, more than 40 cases of missing aircraft have remained open in Alaska. No missing airplane case is closed until substantial evidence provides information about the plane's location. Maybe one day we will know what happened to Pan-Alaska N1812H. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you to my patrons for your support. Check out the show notes for more information on how you can support this podcast and unlock extra episodes by joining the Last Frontier Club. If you haven't already done it, be sure to join the Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier Facebook group and chat about the podcast. I'll see you soon for the next episode of Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.